I missed the conversation, but uh, it doesn't matter. I was he had, talking he had, about he had ins- he had insomnia. He doesn't have it anymore. He's sleeping like a baby. Oh, okay. Nice. Very nice. That, that that expression "sleeping like a baby" makes no sense. It means you wake up every thirty minutes, shit your pants, and then uh, scream for milk. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. I just want some titties. Yeah. So, <laughs> you ever drank so much that you did a hard restart? Like it's like you can hear the <laughs> micro. You could do the Microsoft sound. Do-do-do-do. No. And like, bruh, and everything just turns off and then you reboot. What were you doing last night? Partying or just getting drunk at your house? Coke, man. Three rails. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Doing all the all the drugs. All the fucking Yeah, drugs. okay. Crash hard, my man. What were you, do- what were you doing? I had a, a gaming buddy over and a mutual friend of ours. And we were just playing. So we couldn't get Operation Raccoon City fucking working, right? Dude, that game is trash. They did you a favor of uh, making a broken piece of shit game. No, 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 no. So, yeah, so you can't... It's so difficult to play on PC. You need to install, like, two fucking weird drivers. You need to have an Xbox Live account, which I do. I, I have one. But it, everything that we did, we spent an hour trying to fix this, and they did nothing at all whatsoever. No. Nothing. The game's trash, bro. The game is trash. And I had a better time playing Left 4 Dead 2. Um, Left 4 Dead is awesome. Rob and I used to play Left 4 Dead a bunch. Yo, it's fucking I just, great. I love that game. I downloaded yes. Left 4 Dead too, so I, I have it. We were having a better time playing that shit, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just great game. And, yeah, it is great. And then you know went into a full went into a rolling brownout and like <laughs> what were you drinking? Whiskey? Uh, I was doing a little little crack, a little cocaine. Okay, yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of everything. And it's like mm-hmm. all that shit just culminated. I was just like. And I fucking rebooted my brain's like, hey, uh, we need to talk, man. Uh, your kidney function is at 42%. All right. You're, you're this close to going into renal failure. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I, I, I'm not. Do you remember how, how fucked up I used to get, like, back in the day? Like, maybe you do, maybe you didn't. But my favorite memory, it will always be a fucking. Uh, Mr. Rob Fortune fucking drinking, what was it, sangria rosé? What were you drinking? You uh, Moscato. He's Moscato. He's drinking, he had a big ass. He literally told you on like the last episode. I, I know, I know he did. I just, I, my memory sucks. And he, it wasn't like this little wine bottle. It was a fucking big ass jug. And he was just like, Yeah, the big, the big cock, right? I'm the like, big chicken yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, like, the big cock. Why? Just why are you drinking so much? Why, why would you drink that much? And like, now I look back at those days, I'm like, dude, I can never fucking do that shit ever. I think I would die. I would have to go to the hospital and like get my stomach pumped. No, because... dude. No, you're if you're not getting alcohol poisoning from like unless you're like taking shots from like a bottle all night long, bro. Oh, uh, Moscato is like slightly heavier than like Bud Light or something. It's like it's 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 pretty thin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most wine anyway at max is like eleven percent. Hard alcohol is like fifty. Yeah, bro. Fuck that. But anyway. How's everybody doing today? Good. It's good, a good. lovely Sunday morning. Um, well, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the late start. Had a had a fucking rolling brownout that went into a full blackout and panic attack. <laughs> slash fucking just re- hard reboot, okay? 
So, obviously, I have to introduce this man, not because I want to, but it is a social requirement. The man is Mr. Rob Fortune, and he's famous for ghostwriting the Kama Sutra. Everyone, say hi to Mr. Rob Fortune. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, it's good to see you, my friend. You look great as usual. I feel the Zen. I can like see your aura. Like I see your outline, your aura. I can I too. It. Yeah, I yeah. see it. And why there's like you ever see you ever play Phasmophobia where there's like ghost orbs? Well, there's like big titty ghost orbs just like oh yeah, moving yeah. across behind him. I can see it. Just re- resting on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, just 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 like fluttering like a butterfly. Nice. Yeah. All right, so I got to introduce this piece of shit. I don't know if he's on a watch list. I think he's on a watch list, but I do know that Chris Hansen is still looking for him. His name is Mr. Jack Motherfucking Falcon. Jack, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. That's Yo, Chris you guys want to know? I, I hit I hit straight up scumbag territory right now. Do you know why? I don't know why. I'm gonna why? show you this first. Um, this is a all day vacay right okay. i was i was at tom's party last night and i didn't have a beer for today and i snagged this out of the cooler <laughs> let me i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta bring something up you're probably the What's most up? cheap fucking person no, no i just yeah but there was like nothing open like i would have bought something there was nothing open the, you look like a guy who would bring like rolling rock beer to a bar and in his jacket <laughs> and then just like break him out and just like you yeah, would bring, it's okay. You bring beer to a bar. Yo, I support all the local bars, bro. Yeah, okay. I've dumped tons of money in the Froggies. Yo, that place is a fucking dump. The Leaf... No, it's not. Froggies was awesome. The Leaf was a fucking... I could feel the chlamydia and gonorrhea on the walls. Like, that <laughs> yeah. place... No, that was uh, that was the other one there. The, the Irish place. Which one? Which uh, shenanigans? Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would be like walking around that place and my my feet just stuck to the ground. I asked Bianca, I was like, yo, when was the last time you mopped this floor? She's like, last night. I was like, bullshit, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Like there's not, no one has even been here. I'm the first one in this bar today. It's like they and treat, my feet are stuck to the ground. They, they treat it like a goddamn, um, like you're cleaning out a farmhouse. They just hose it yeah. down and then just <laughs> yeah. squeegee the fucking water off the ground yeah. and shit. They just install drains in the middle of the floors and they just <laughs> squeegee it right into the drain. Makes vomit a lot. Yo, speaking of, the fucking, one of my guests at my house yesterday vomited, right? He said, oh, it's cleaned up, everything's good. Looked on the bottom side of the bowl, there's fucking vomit stains on it. I want to yeah, beat dude, the shit out It's not his house, obviously. Beat the shit out of him so bad. Yeah, when it's not your house, you just make it look okay, then you bounce, you leave. Oh, fuck him up. Because you're going to forget about it next time I see you. Bro, I am not. I never forget 9-11. Never forget. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, so, um, like, five years ago when I used to play video games, I would play them on Becca's account, right? And when you play a game and you get a trophy, you can't ever remove that game from your account, right? It's always there. So Becca takes, like impeccable care of her trophy lists and they're all like 100%ed and platinumed, right? The platinum is like the top trophy you can get. Once you get all the trophies for a game, it gives you the platinum, which means you mastered the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple on there. That I felt bad about this, right? It was a dick move to, to mess up her, her perfect platinum list, her perfect 100% list. So I've been going through some of the games and trying to finish them to get the platinum so that her list is more, you know, 100%ed and unified and looks good or whatever. Yeah. One of the games that I platinum the other day was Duck Dynasty. Game is abysmal. I beat it like five years ago, right? Because I was like, I, I'm trying to picture what this game would be like. And yeah, it sucks, right? The why game you, is boring as hell. What? Why Wait, do you play what? such such obscure fucking okay. bullshit games? I don't know. This was a mistake. So anyway, I beat Duh. it. The game sucks, right? That's probably not a surprise to anybody. Yeah. But 
but there was like 10 trophies left to get the platinum trophy. And dude, most of them are boat races. You have to race the, like this fan boat, this boat with like a huge ass fan on the back, right? Like whatever they call that, I don't know. And all the other opponents cheat, dude. They are just programmed to run you off the road and just smash into you and they all cheat. So it was, the game sucks, right? But you could get through it without like killing yourself. The trophy, like platinuming the game is an absolute nightmare. And I never recommend anybody ever do it. Use the game as a drink coaster and that's it. Yeah, I'll use it to wipe my fucking ass. Who the fuck? You're, please... you're gonna use it. You're gonna use a CD to wipe your ass. Fucking, I, I don't. It, whenever I hear Duck Dynasty, I think of words that end in hard R's. Like that's just the most racist fucking people. I can just yeah, feel, probably. I can feel their racism. I but anyway, it. this game is trash. It's absolute garbage. And what, I don't. Recommend what year was it made? Like 2006, maybe. 2006, because we used to talk about Super Mario Kart and F-Zero, which were, what, uh, yeah. 91 and 92? Yeah. And those games cheated, but, oh, like, yeah. you were limited because those were, like, old, old games. So in 2006, what's your excuse? Yeah, right, there's no excuse. And so I brought this up to my buddy who works on, like, programming and games and stuff. And he was, so, as we've seen in Mario Kart and F-Zero, F-Zero is the worst, in my opinion, the absolute worst. The cheating in F-Zero is just disgusting. I'm and here. it's blatant. They don't even try to hide it. At least in Mario no. Kart, they try to hide it. F-Zero, sure. they don't even try to hide anything. They just leave garbage on the track that explodes. Anyway, whatever. Um, so he was saying when people are programming something and they've run out of um, like programming abilities to actually make it a fair race, just more and more difficult, they have to just make it cheat because like there's nothing else they can do. That's why Mario Kart cheats. That's why F-Zero cheats. And Duck Dynasty, dude, it's so blatant. Oh, here's another thing. As you're going through the course in Duck Dynasty, there's like these two um, lights, right? Like, like they're like flares and you have to go through them. It's like a checkpoint. And if you miss one, you have to go back and get it. The other dudes, they don't even go through them. They don't even go through the checkpoint and it doesn't count. Like it doesn't count against them. They're still first place. So it's like, okay, you guys are legit assholes, not even trying. Yeah, so, yeah. what's up? It's not as bad as League of Legends, man. I, I'm going to tell you something about that fucking toxic fucking game. Yeah, it's toxic, I, bro. I, he, like, I but that's toxic by like uh, the community, dude. The, it's, this the is toxic by some dumbass developers. Here's what's, what pisses me off is that people, like, they grief hard. When they grieve hard, it makes your life like you go into the game with good intention. Like, okay, cool, we're playing ARAM or Summoner's Rift, and okay, I got my lane. If I'm doing bad, then hey, man, I need some help up here, or I queue for someone to to come into an area to make an attack. The fucking problem is, dude, people just they suck. They shouldn't play the game. They continue to yeah. play the game. And then it makes people who actually want to play the game and are somewhat decent uninstall the shit because they're just like, I, I, I can't deal with this toxic shit anymore. Yeah, There's Rob no played League of Legends for a while. It's fucking I so played, bad. I played every day for five years. I kind of loved it, and I quit in time because I stopped having fun, and, um, you know, it, the stress was too much. Yep. I don't know. Whatever. This toxic fucking kids, man. All right. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Oh yeah. They're they're the worst. Plus, it's the internet where everyone is anonymous and all this crap and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You get. I'm gonna get your it IP compounds. address, bro. I'm gonna get your IP address. Oh. Yeah. It comes. Find you and I'm gonna rape you. <laughs> so, so today we're talking about Breaking Benjamin. Yes. Yes. This Ooh. was Jomo's choice of a band oh, to listen to. We're going to be you. listening to. Is everyone ready to jump into this? Sure. I'm ready to jump into this. Let's okay. do it. Oh yeah. So, yeah. This was Jomo's choice. Um, 
I don't know too much about the background about Breaking Benjamin, but we're going to look at their first four full studio release albums. They actually had an EP released before that, which I want to talk about. Mm. I'm going to drop the album artwork in the uh, chat over here. Oh, yeah. So this was just called Breaking Benjamin. It's their EP. Uh, it's a five-track EP released in 2001. All five tracks were re-recorded for the band's major label debut, Saturate, uh, which were Home, Medicate, uh, Polyamorous, Water, and Shallow Boy. And all 2,000 copies were sold out uh, in the weeks following the release. So this was a huge kind of um, independent album uh, or EP that got them pretty, you know, like on um, in the eyes of people, you know, the local bands or whatever. Um, and this got them relatively famous to where they were able to be picked up and, and start, um, you know, putting out albums on a major label, which is cool. Um, all five of the songs, which is surprising, went on to go on to their first album, which when we talked about Steel Panther, I believe they left one song out, which was, I can't remember which one it was, but surprising that all five of them were worthy to, uh, to make it onto a major label release. And then in 2002, we have Saturate. Let me actually drop their discography real quick. So Fuck can... yeah. So this discography is pretty much from 2002 to 2009. Um, we have Saturate. Oh, let me drop their logo first, actually, because it's in all of their album covers. So I think this is a cool logo because um, the way they have it tilted, it kind of looks like a, this clover design. But if you were to look at it sideways, you can see that it's just two B's next to each other, uh, standing obviously for Breaking Benjamin. And it's on all of their album covers, or at least the original uh, four. I didn't really look at the other ones. Um, anyway, it's a good, it, it does a job and um, it's not blatantly apparent of what it is until you start looking at it like sideways. So good on them. So here's the album art for Saturate. As you can see, there's the logo. Yeah. It's embedded. It looks it's that's that's an aid cell right there. That's an aid cell. <laughs> is that what it is? It's a fucking it's an aid cell. Saturate is a 13-track record released in 2002. It's the debut full-length studio album from the band. Uh, the album title is derived from a lyric in the song "Wish I May," uh, which goes, "I can see you suffocate. I can find no other way. Try to make you saturate. I can be your enemy." Not really that great of a line, but that's where it comes from. Uh, "Wish I May" was featured in the horror films "Wrong Turn" and "The Apparition." Which uh, Wrong Turn has Eliza Dushku in it, who's like one of the worst yet hottest actresses ever. Um, she, she's such an anomaly because like her acting is terrible in a lot of things, but she's so hot. She, I don't think she's she's got a six head, bro. She's got a six yeah. head. She got a big ass. Put put a picture of Eliza Dushku in the chat then. Let me see this thing. Cause I, well, it's I, in there. That's her. I'm gonna cover Wrong Turn. You want another picture? Yeah, um, right, some, let me let me some, find another picture. Find another on. picture of Eliza Dushku. She's got a fucking. I can't even see her forehead there. Oh, yeah, she's got a big-ass fucking... And what is douche That sounds like a fucking thing that cleans out her vagina. What the fuck, man? Change your last name. I don't know. Name. It's a name. All right, so here's a, here's a good pick. Uh, Liza Doucher. <laughs> what is wrong with you, John? I'm a fucking piece of shit. All right. I'm a fucking yeah, piece... What, what do you want me to do? I'm a fucking piece of shit. All right, here's... A... <laughs> no. So here's one. Like, this isn't sexy or anything. It's just a regular picture of her. Yeah, she's oh, pretty. Yeah, yeah she's... Oh, yeah. She's got a big ass forehead. She looks, she looks like she's like, like she wants you to try hard, and you're not ready to try hard for that relationship. But she's, well, she but she's gonna, rejected. but she's gonna stay with, she's gonna stay with you for seven years. It's <laughs> very exact, Jomo. I'm just saying, seven seems like a lucky number, man. She was in a, a funny episode of the league where she played like a like a martial arts instructor and she oh, was yeah, like yeah, yeah, flirting yeah, with yeah. Kevin. <laughs> and she's like she's like, grab my chest, and he's like trying to avoid like her boobs, and she's like puts her hands right on him. Uh didn't she like grab his crotch or something? 
and yeah, like, well, they're yeah, doing she, like she karate moves. Like, she's like grabbing his dick and shit. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah like, she was flirting with him. I mean, listen, you started something you cannot finish, but I will finish it for you. On your and so, face. What, one thing we're going to see a lot about this with this band is their connection to uh, video games. Yeah. So uh, tracks Home, Shallow Bay, Water, Polyamorous were featured in the 2002 horror game Run Like Hell. Uh, I'm going to drop the picture of it the artwork in the comments only because like it's even like a selling point on the box like look in the top right it says free soundtrack or whatever featuring the music of breaking benjamin yo weren't they didn't they play in the halo games uh well yeah, they, yeah. there's a halo thing later on which we'll talk okay. about okay oh, oh it's a couple right. albums later but uh singles on this album polyamorous skin and medicate mm -hmm. uh, my favorites wish i may medicate which is medicate and natural life are probably in my opinion the best songs on this album skin next to nothing phase no games shallow bay and forever they're all pretty good this is a pretty solid album um it's a lot heavier than the subsequent albums the ones that came after this uh there's nice violins in a couple songs here uh no games and shallow bay uh and a lot of times the, they reminded me of um a couple times reminded me of nirvana a couple songs uh, a couple songs he reminded me of gavin rosdale who's the singer of bush okay. um and so when I, okay, I can't remember which album was we talked about in the past, but it was about something that was like listening to an album in order. And if that doesn't do it for you, like rearranging it on your own, the playlist for uh, Saturate and uh, We Are Not Alone on YouTube, uh, whoever made that playlist did not put the songs in alphabetical or not in, in the track order, how they are on the album. And the first time I listened to this, I was like, uh, this, uh, I don't know, it's it's not really like getting to me, like it's not leaving the best impression. Like I like it, but it's not that i'm not in love with it but then when i then so as i'm listening to the, to it this morning i realized all well, the tracks are all out of order so i went and found the track listing and listened to them in order and it has a whole different uh feel to the whole album and so all these records especially saturate and we are not alone if you're going to listen to them find the actual uh order of the songs and listen to them in that order as they were meant to be listened to don't uh listen to the uh playlist in the order that it already is because i it, in my opinion it doesn't hit as hard uh, and then we'll talk about one song uh, towards the end of this uh, album about one song I really don't like. Uh, cheesy lyrics are something that turned me off. There was a there was a band that used and they had a CD called Lies for the Liars. And one of the choruses was like, liar, liar, pants on fire. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm checked out on this. Like, this is I'm, I'm, it's too goofy. It's just dumb. I get the I get the idea, but it's dumb. Uh, there's a song. Well, we could just talk about it. there's a song on here uh, called Home. And it's about like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, he says, I, I got a Southern Belle too in ruby shoes with a with a body of straw. Are you sick of it all? There's a man made of tin with an oil can grin. I'm going to get yeah. you and your little dog too. There's a yellow brick road that we follow back home. There's no place like home. In the black and white, a technicolor life. Then another arrived. It's a cowardly lion. And I'm like, what is this? This is so cheesy and boring. Uh, so th the song Home... I'm like, just remove it from the whole the whole album. It's 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 garbage. And there's a song on the next album that I think is atrocious, which we'll talk about when we get there. Jomo, would you like to talk about that? Well, other than your bullshit ass fucking opinion, you go fuck yourself. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz is pretty goddamn hot. Judy Garland, she could get it. Oh yeah, the Wizard of Oz is great. She she's dead. She's dead. Yeah, she's dead. All right, so. Anyway, so uh, there's a reason I chose this band, man. Like, Breaking Benjamin, to me, like, if you think about, like, the skateboarder skate scene, I used to listen to Breaking Benjamin all the fucking time, man. And I did often when I would skate, man. It's just, it, it, they, they just got fucking great, catchy songs. Uh, good songs that I liked. Um, I'm not a fan of Polyamorous. thought it was kind of like a... I completely agree. 
Like a, I hate like that song. song compared to all the other ones. It's trash. I, I like next to nothing and and water just because I, I like the drum and the bass uh, on those fucking tracks, man. Like when I think about this, I think about getting a hand job when you're young, mm-hmm. okay, and shooting five ropes towards the ceiling. Like it was just, okay. it's, a, it's just a great album, man. You can't yeah. you can't deny that Breaking Benjamin didn't have an impact on rock or alt hard rock culture in the United States, man. And I know they're from Pennsylvania, man, which is a shitty state, but it still exists. Um, but this is something great that came out of Pennsylvania. You had the Liberty Bell, Ben Franklin, a few poor and stars. And Breaking Benjamin. And Breaking Benjamin, okay? That's it. All great things that came out of there. I just, I, I think this, you could tell they were trying to get as many singles or as many catchy songs uh, to, to, to play, man. And it seems like that song, Home, it, they're probably playing it at a bar for some girl who's like really dumb, but she's high, and you want. She's like, "Oh, I love the Wizard of Oz. I'm gonna play this fucking song, man." And he put it on the track because you know she gave him some fucking head, and you know he's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, let's put it on the album, man." Why? That song sucks. No, we're we're, we're gonna put it on the album. We're gonna it put means it on the a album. lot to me. It, it means a lot to me or, <laughs> or Carol. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. Carol blew his balls. That's about it. There's, there's a song by the Bloodhound Gang called Pennsylvania where he just says how crappy and trash the state is. A fucking terrible. First off, you want to talk about terrible Dude, do states. Not, do not. Oh, I thought you going to say terrible bands. Okay, yeah, continue. You want to talk about terrible states. My three, the three worst states that I think are in the United States. First, Wyoming. Like, I think that should just be a nuclear test site. Um, okay. Fucking terrible state. Two... I would definitely say a New England state would have to be Rhode Island. It's basically the foreskin of Connecticut. It shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. or should be another extension or Italian extension of Massachusetts. That's all it should be, all right? Rhode Island should not be a state. It should not be a state. It's fucking fake. It's fake. (laughs) It's gabagool, all right? And is the other other one Pennsylvania? it's It's a fugazi. And the last one is definitely Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania just reeks of chlamydia... And uh, just surfaces that don't feel good, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the whole fucking fracking boom made that state, you know, I guess a little bit better. Um, let's keep fucking burning up uh, fossil fuels. I want the environment. I want this world to burn the fuck up. I want it to burn down. I want us to overheat, like, big time. <laughs> so keep burning that fuel, guys. Keep burning mm-hmm. it. But definitely Pennsylvania is just a shitty state. And the worst thing that came out of Pennsylvania is that shitty Pittsburgh accent. If you even talk with that, it's worse than the Boston accent. It's so fucking stupid that, first of all, instead of, you know how we say y'all in the South and you, you and in the North, you know, the, the fucking guys say you guys or you guys. Yeah, or yes. you, okay. They say yins. Y-I-N-S or Y-N-Z, whatever the fuck, like yins. What the fuck is a yin? Can you tell me what the fuck a know. yin is? I don't know, but thank you Fuck. for sharing that with us. Fucking Jeremiah. shitty, man. Anyway, this album, like Saturate, it, it's what got me into the band, man. It really, it really was. Obviously, it's our first album. Like I got into it definitely in high school because you know the skateboarding scene and just hanging out with skateboarding friends. Yes, it's not like my metal that I enjoyed, but it's it's got catchy songs and the singer's got a great voice. All right. Yeah. So I did, this is what brought me to to the band was definitely Ben Burnley, man. Okay, Rob. Um. So like back to like. 
pop culture references like you're saying the the used has liar liar pants on fire or whatever first yeah. song wish i wait wish i may wish i might I, oh, yeah. I've heard uh, I've heard that before. I think it was in uh, American Tale. I think that's a I think that's from a famous song. But anyways, okay. um, and then there's a, a on the next album, Rain. I think is also from a nursery rhyme. Yeah. So Rain is the one I was talking about. Rain is abysmal, and uh, we'll get yeah. I what? Oh God. I'll I'll talk about Rain in the next one. Sorry, I, we got off track. Yes, continue, yeah. Rob. I don't, I don't. I don't know. It was, I. I did. I just. I. I noticed that there was like pop culture references and yeah, stuff. Right. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. As far as like, uh, you said that you heard Nirvana in it. I heard Nirvana. I think on the second song, uh, "Medicate," reminded me of. Well, I can't remember the song title right now. But yeah, I. I, I hear whispers in the verses of. Uh, I don't know. Allison Chains, um, Nirvana, and I also hear um, uh, metalcore type stuff i also hear you know remind, you know verses remind me of various stuff that i also like and yep. then the, the choruses are a bit more uplifting poppy um maybe reminds me of i don't know pop punk or i don't know that you know it, it can uh the choruses can be a bit cheesy uh but you know i don't know uh i don't really have anything bad to say about this band this band's okay um it's yeah. a combination of other stuff that i like so yeah um so this is either my this is probably my second favorite record by them uh, it's definitely the heaviest, which makes it stand out. I've said before, and I'll say it again, music is kind of like a funnel, especially when you get signed to a label where it has this open end where you can do kind of whatever you want. And, and eventually, no matter how hard you fight it, you end up going down the funnel to the more narrow end and kind of be you know, more too uh, radio friendly and all that kind of stuff so they can kind of play your music anywhere they want. Um, and we see that clearly here. Um, if you listen to Saturate versus Dear Agony, it's almost a whole different band. Um <laughs> But yeah, this this album's good. I think there's a couple. You guys had mentioned some whiffed vocals on uh, one of the Cake albums last time. I didn't actually pick up on, but I, there's a couple whiffed vocals in Saturate. But the band definitely gets better as they go. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say about this. But yeah, this is a good record, and um, it's it's a promising band here. Uh, and yeah, it's it's well done. Another '90s thing is uh, varying guitar tones. Uh, you know, some some bands have like uh, two guitar tones and that's it. You know, just uh, play them until the end. Uh, but th this this band kind of you know reminded me of the '90s thing where you have a pedal board of stuff. Yeah, and the only thing like home is the only thing that kind of offset me here. Um, but yeah, I think Medicaid is probably the best uh, song on this album or Natural Life. And it was a good, it's, it's funny that it's the last single when it's like probably one of the catchier songs. Oh yeah, and one thing I want to say, the singer of this band, it's crazy how many uh, catchy choruses he has come up with over the, the, uh, these four albums. It's like there's a catchy chorus in like every song on some of these CDs. So yeah, good on him. I'm surprised. Good for him. Yeah. So in 2004, Jomo, did you want to say anything else about that? No. No, I, I'm still thinking about how I hate the Pittsburgh accent. It's fucking atrocious. <laughs> so in 2004, we have uh, We Are Not Alone. Uh, it's an 11-track record. and It's the last Breaking Benjamin album to feature the original drummer, uh, Jeremy Hummel. Uh, the track Firefly was featured in the 2004 video game WWE SmackDown vs. Raw in WWE Day of Reckoning. And just because, I'm going to drop one of the box arts in the, thing, so you, uh, in the chat so you can see it. They're both wrestling games. Hell yeah, brother. Um, actually, I'm gonna drop the other one because the other one is like Vince McMahon, and he looks like he's on drugs. Like, yeah, look at, look at this picture. Yeah, he he did like three reels of coke, yeah. and then did some other shit. He took some GHB and died. It looks like he yeah. took some GHB. He looks insane in that picture. <laughs> uh, singles from this album: "So Cold," uh, "Sooner or Later," 
and a secondary re-released version of Rain. They just call it Rain parenthesis 2005 version, which the difference is instead of it being a completely acoustic song, it now has the full band in it. Uh, who else did this? There was a song by, uh, uh, what was that band with the uh, lady singer? Um, Evanescence. Yeah, Evanescence. There was a song that one of the songs that they had that was acoustic, I believe, originally. Um, and the, the video is full band and it's it's a lot better. So, Jomo, do you want to say something about this album? No, so this is this is I thought was going to be a slump, right? Because a buddy of mine, this I think this came out uh, end of uh, two thousand three. Um, oh, it was released in two thousand four. So yeah, so I, I think I was a senior in fucking high school, man. When I listened to the show, I was like, oh man, this is fucking intense, dude. So cold was like just the video alone. I thought was like it's bringing up some dark shit from the past or something that happened mm-hmm. to him, like. I think his uncle may have tried to fist him, mm-hmm. and that's why he sings so well. He was get playing, played like a little, you know, finger puppet. Um, that's uh, besides that though. Like it, I thought, every song except for the rain song was uh, what? What is that damn song where he's like, uh, forget it, forget? It. Oh yes, yeah, forget it. So that song, dude, was fucking. I don't like it. It seems just like something like some girl broke his heart, right? And what she did was she took a butt plug while she was giving him head and just, like, tried to shove it up his ass. And he's trying to forget the memory of being fucked in the ass with a butt plug. And It gives him nightmares. He wakes uh, up it, in a cold it sweat. It nightmare. It, it's cold sweats. He needs therapy. Um, he needs some Vyvanse uh, to keep his head going, you know? So, yeah, it's, you're, it's you're right, intense. though. This this album is, like, full of bangers. Um, this probably <laughs> has the most... This, this probably has the most amount of potential singles on any of the record. I've never owned a Breaking Benjamin album ever. I knew, like, every song on this CD. And so when I first started, like, listening to their stuff and I was, you know, remembering all these songs I've heard on the radio, I was like, damn, these guys have, like, more singles than Linkin Park. But no, they don't. I, get, I don't know how these songs were played on the radio as they, they weren't singles. So a radio station must just have been like them and been willing to play all their songs because I've heard tons of these and I've never owned one of these albums. But here's the thing is like Breaking Benjamin, they're very catchy. They're very popular, man. Uh, but they're, they didn't get big outside of the U.S. until they actually started touring outside the U.S. And, you know, obviously the next album we'll get into, I, I know for sure, uh, will explain a lot about why that happened. Rob, you want to talk about this? Um, yeah, I like this album quite a bit. Uh, so Cold might have been my favorite song. When, when I hear, like, um, one, one time, it was like 2005, I think it was, I was a pizza delivery driver, and uh, in a fit of rage, I broke my radio. I had to go home, but on the way home, I had to uh, stop at Wendy's, stop at Stop and Shop, and, like, go to Radio Shack. And then, like, I woke up from, like, a blackout, well, metaphorical blackout, and I was at home. I didn't do my three other errands. So I punched my, like, uh, my dashboard, and that broke my tape player, which broke my CD player. And so for that, t- uh, so at the time, I was working um, pizza delivery jobs. So I was in my car all the time, and I couldn't listen to the music that I wanted. So I listened to the radio, and I was, you know, in a metalcore ba- band, and I, like, hated, like, uh, pop music or whatever, but I was listening to pop music all the time. And I want to say that So Cold was one of those songs that came on, and I was like, thank God, something that I like. You know, so... Uh, yeah, I, I, I have good memories of that song, I would say. And I think this album was like pretty good all the way through. Um, uh, I, I think that this album rushes to the finish line more than the first album. I think the first album had more like extra riffs and like 
solos, not like impressive solos, but like they, you know, it was more than just verse chorus. I think this uh, album kind of, you know, has vocals nonstop and it's all like catchy stuff nonstop. I don't, I don't know. Rushing to the finish line isn't horrible, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of, uh, it, it kind of would have been nice to break it up a little bit with something. So yeah, this is this is my favorite album by them. Um, and so when I when we we talked about Cake, I said that Cake messed up not making the distance be the opening song on um, a Fashion Nugget or whichever album it was on um, because it's a great opener. When I was listening to this in that rearranged playlist so 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 cold is also my favorite song in this album it's probably my favorite breaking benjamin song as a whole and when i was listening to it it was like third in line and i was like wow this is another band that really missed making like having a really great opening song uh so this song should have opened the album and then when i went and listened to it in order this song does open the album so uh they they made a good call on that i the haunting guitar line in that song is great there's certain songs i think about riffs i wish i wrote uh, that is one of them. I love there's two guitars playing at the same time and they're playing different things and it makes this great haunting melody and uh, it's really well done. My favorite song on the album and probably my favorite song by them in general. Um, so, okay, when I after I heard that uh, home song with uh, the um, Wizard of Oz stuff, it kind of you know made me roll my eyes. When I just saw the word rain as a title, I was like, don't tell me that that chorus is going to be rain, rain, go away. I swear to God, I said that. <laughs> and then when I heard it, I was like, Wow. Okay. Yeah, you went there. You you did that. Listen, so he's like, got to make his money. Do, it's make here's his the money. thing. I, I don't. The rest of the lyrics are fine, right? I want to read like one of the um, one of the lines here. It's the chorus that like I'm just like, nope. Goodbye. I'm done with this song. Take a photograph. It'll be the last. Not a dollar or a crowd could ever keep me here. I don't have a past. I just have a chance. You know, meaning he wants to move on from whatever and whatever he has keeping him anchored here isn't worth it. Uh, rain, rain, go away. Come again another day. All the world is waiting for the sun. I, I can't approve this song. I, I wish it wasn't on the album. It happened in 2004, right? So I think he was pissed off about George Bush. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so this, go, this goes back to the whole thing when we talked about Chinese democracy, where there's a whole world out there that isn't me, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm listening to Chinese democracy songs, the comments are people just in love with them and how great they are and Axl Rose's God to them because of that album, not because of previous albums, because of that record and how uh, Axl Rose is Guns N' Roses and he outdid all their other stuff with Chinese democracy. The amount of comments on this Rain song where people like love it, favorite song by Benj Bacon Benjamin, best song on the album, whatever. I was like, how, dude? Like seriously, how is this someone's favorite someone's favorite song? But there's other people out there. People like different things, different strokes for different folks. People like depressing uh, shit, all right? Yeah. It is well, there's a lot is. more depressing. There's a lot of depressing songs on a lot of these albums. Uh, but "Rain, Rain, Go Away" is just I can't do it. I, it's a line I'm not willing to cross. Uh, it's I have to draw a line in the sand, and that's it. I'm not even willing to. I'm not even willing to cross it for the the. Uh, the Wizard of Oz one. That's an, I, that's another one. I got the line. I can't. I can't in good conscience uh, cross that line. Those stay at the other side. Other line. Yeah. Uh, so favorites on this album: So Cold, Follow, Firefly, uh, Break My Fall, Breakdown, Away, and Believe. So yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point I've heard every single one of these songs on the radio. So when we think about songs that have literally every song on the album is a radio hit, the first album that comes to mind is Boston. The debut album by Boston, literally every song is a radio hit on that album. Every song on this album, not comparing the two bands, I'm just saying this is another record where pretty much every song on it could have been a radio hit. And I would be surprised if every song on this album has not been played on the radio regularly at some point. Um, 
you know, I, I could see Rain not being played, man. It's not. If yeah, I, obviously, if, besides if, Rain. If, I, mean, if, I, if I was Rain at a local place, man, if I was at a local, like, Clear Channel's not fucking me in the ass and uh, I have to play a digital playlist that plays, you know, every two days, I, I would definitely put fucking Firef- Firefly is a good song. I just like the way the guitars are. They're meshed up and so cool. I, the guitars are amazing in there. Yeah, there's I, some really good guitar work. Um, I mean, it's not crazy, but it does what it needs to do. Yeah, but it's... Depression makes people better in the arts all right it just does okay mm-hmm. i'm getting okay. dirty i'm getting dirty looks from mr rob fortune he's like oh fuck you so <laughs> well i mean there's there's no there's there's different phases that people go through and different things bring out different emotions which which you know drive different types of creativity or whatever so yeah i mean it's like i'm, I'm not saying yeah i want this guy to be depressed and hating his life forever uh but it's like at one point he wasn't in the best frame of mind and this is what came out of it and yeah it's okay to like it it's, there's nothing wrong with that i, I think Beating your kids works better though, and yeah, I think I, I think bet, I bet you do. Ben Burley could have been like a great artist. He could have had a, a huge band if he was just beat just a little bit harder. There was something else I wanted to say about this, but I can't remember. One of the one of the things I noticed the clarity of this album cover is like unreal. Whoever took this picture, just give them yes. more money. The the clarity yes. is is incredible. Oh yeah, one of the things I wanted to say. So Rob had mentioned it earlier. Uh, uh, Jomo just mentioned it now like the guitar playing here it's like okay um, I w- right in my life right now I don't need um, Marty Friedman on everything I don't need people just shredding face solos and shredding people's faces off like all every minute of a song when I get lead lines I just need something that contributes to it I brought it up uh, the skeleton which song can't remember uh, exactly which one it is like the third song off that album where there's this nice lead line at the end and it really added to the song and and, and gave it like a whole second wind um, they do w- versus the opposite where we have the Kerry King shred solo trash, which takes away from a song. These guys, even though, yeah, they're, they're, they're not the dudes from Skeleton Witch. They're not these incredibly like amazing, talented musicians. And I mean, like being on like a, like a virtuoso level is what I mean, because they're obviously competent songwriters and they've made tons of money. And, you know, for a band, for people who aren't like classically trained or whatever, or, having any different type of background about music besides just like playing and, and, you know, playing together and and getting better as you go. I have to commend these guys on how, how well that they, how well they've done, at least up to, you know, what, what we're looking at here, but there's, there's enough of these nice guitar pieces that aren't shred. They're not the craziest thing. You can pick up a guitar and learn them in freaking three minutes, but they contribute to the song. They're great. The thought out a lot, especially in so cold, there's a lot of breathing in that song. And it's it's well done. So it's like, yeah, are they the best? No, probably not. But the stuff that they're doing is is actively contributing to the song and making it better. So, what do you think the album title "We Are Not Alone" means? What do you, what do you, what, do you, what is your so, interpretation? Okay, so and on this Wikipedia page, and I didn't write this down because there's no um, citation or whatever, and I'm not so sure. I don't know anything about this book. It's based apparently off of the title of a book, which it, but like the book has to do with like. Let me find it. Hang on. It says, oh, the album name is a reference to a novel of the same name, We Are Not Alone, which is a novel by James Hilton, first published in 1937. It is one of his more somber works portraying the tragic consequences of anti-foreign hysteria in England just before World War I. It has been compared to Goodbye, Mr. Chips in its portrayal of small-town life through the eyes of an everyman protagonist. So, I had no way of backing any of this up. That's why I didn't bring it up, but that's what Wikipedia says. I think it's about alien invasions. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I feel it, man. It feels it like an alien be. invasion thing. 
That's the blandest response that I had towards that shit. I I couldn't I couldn't think of anything. Well, it supports your anal probe theory. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, let's move on to phobia. Yeah. Uh, Phobia is a 13-track record released in 2006. The intro track features the sound effects of an airport, namely the flight attendant announcing standard safety procedures and the sound of an airplane making its ascent, alluding to Benjamin uh, Burnley's fear of flying, hence the inspiration for the name Phobia. It is the first Breaking Benjamin album to feature Chad Zeliga, Zeliga on drums. Um, the Diary of Jane was featured in the video game NASCAR 07. I'm not even going to drop the artwork because literally nobody cares. Uh, in, in 2010, uh, the single Until the End was released uh, as downloadable content in Guitar Hero 5, as well as other hit singles sooner or later uh, from We Are Not Alone and Give Me a Sign from Dear Agony. So these guys are all over the place with video games. Um, and good for them. Um, the world failed to embrace video games for the longest time. Singles from this album, Diary of Jane, Breathe, and Until the End. Uh, Rob, you want to start here? Um, well, I, I listened to the singles on this album. I, uh, you know, I was looking through lyrics, trying to find, um, you know, lyrics that stood out to me. Uh, I couldn't really find much, much in the lyrics. I know that he's mad at his ex-girlfriends. He's mad at himself. Um, uh, I know that he's suffering. That's about what I got out of that. I don't have a lot to say about this album. So this is this okay? If if going from saturate to we are not alone is the ascent of the band, this is in my opinion starting the descent of the band. So uh, my favorite tracks on this album, the int- this this is another one that sets up the introduction beautifully. The intro song is great. It's 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 this again. It's kind of like this haunting thing about you can hear the flight attendant in the background, and then it goes nicely into the diary of Jane. This song, this album also has an outro, which I think is almost completely unnecessary because the last song, uh, You Fight Me, ends perfectly fine. The outro, in my opinion, doesn't contribute anything to this record at all and could have just been left off. Um, there's, You can tell that there's uh, being advancements in guitar playing. They're becoming better musicians, touring all the time, you know, just getting better playing their instruments. There's nice harmonics on the song Evil Angel, and uh, and there's the riffs and playing on um, uh, the song Until the End are great. Um and although this album is recorded better than the previous two, I think it has more mess songs. Um, I would like to have heard We Are Not Alone recorded pretty much now. Uh, that that album could just be a little better recorded. It's like the song quality is there. It's just the sound quality just could be a little better. Um, and then there's a song on here that I really like, Dance With The Devil. And towards the end of that song, there's like these two notes that are played almost like on a piano or something. And I thought that it was going to transition into an outro kind of like if you guys remember the song double talk and jive by guns and roses at the end of the song it fades out and there's this guitar solo that slash does it's like on an acoustic guitar or whatever for like two minutes it's this really nice ending even though it really kind of doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the song i thought it was going to go into something like that and it didn't and it kind of bummed me out because i was like it could have really enhanced um the ending of the song and you know just made the album kind of breathe a little bit um but yeah so my favorite songs the intro and until the end are my favorite songs in this album diary of jane is good breathe you and dance with the devil uh but yes uh i do think this album is okay but i don't think it's better than we are not alone jomo i feel the same way man uh i to be honest like there's probably three songs that i could name off the top of my head diary of jane uh probably breathe yeah that was another hit. and i don't want to say dance with the devil I think it's the uh, the song before it. Other Until than the that, end. yeah, yeah. I think so. 
I just, I don't know. You, you're kind of right, though. Like, it kind of feels like they're descending. It could be that they have a contractual obligation with uh, the fucking record company to put out an album within a certain amount of time. But I also know that the band was going through woes on the last <laughs> album, right? And they, they ended yeah. up going through, like, legal hurdles uh, with, with other members of the band where two members left, and then they fucking, they started, they had to get new players and stuff, and... Eventually, it led to a hiatus from uh, Ben Burley. So, so at at this point, only one member had left. Okay, I, if I remember correctly, it was a drummer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a drummer. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I I mean, I feel that the 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 um, I know you said his name Matt Schliga Shia Schliga. Uh, let me look. Whatever the fuck. Well, he's he's the, he's the new guy. So Jeremy Hummel was the original one who yeah. left on after We Are Not Alone, and uh, Chad. Zeliga, yeah, Zeliga, yeah. Zeliga. I don't know how you. And pronounce he played that, with another. He played with another band before, but I I feel like uh, Chaz Zeliga, Shaliga, however you fucking pronounce your goddamn name, um, he's de- to me he's a better drummer than uh, Mr. Hummel, in my opinion. So, but it, it did feel like a descent, and that could have contributed to like why there's kind of like a downfall in the band, you know, or why it kind of seems like a little bland versus you know we are not alone because we are not alone. It went from saturated, and then We Are Not Alone was like, oh shit, this is way fucking better. And, and it's heavier, it's a little darker, but but definitely it's it's a better album. And then, I don't know, Phobia, it's kind of like self-centered around Ben Burnley, man. And it, like the, well, he, yeah, he, I mean, he's the band's Axl Rose, or Billy Corgan. He's the one where everyone needs to revolve around him. Billy Corgan's a piece of shit. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> fucking, he's not Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan is a fucking asshole. Well, I, I just meant on the way of like he's primarily like the main songwriter, and I'm pretty sure yeah. he was telling everybody else what to do. Well, the, band, is, the band is he called fucking the Breaking Benjamin, so of course, yeah. you know, yeah, he's a self-centered asshole. I just don't think he's that bad as Axl Rose. Axl Rose is like, oh, man, leave me in a room with him for five minutes, and I will take care of all the problems, just like I would if Lars Ulrich was near me, you know? I fucking hate those two people, dude, so much. You, but Ben Burley, you hate man, Axel? Dude, I fucking hate Axel Rose, dude. What? He is a fucking whiny bitch. I've seen so many videos online where this guy is just like berating fans and storming off the stage and acting like a little fucking Rob, asshole. The Rock, remember when they threw the rock at him and he has the person translating for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking. He's just an asshole piece of shit, man. But to compare him, I, I would say he definitely has some mental issues, man. Like Ben Burley, man. He's got. I know he's got like depression. Suffers with depression, I should say. And he has a phobia of flying. I don't have a phobia of flying. Uh, I have a phobia of like, um, uh, just like waking up and there's like Spiders. a dick near my face. Like if there's you have that, dick, you have a phobia of waking up with a cock next to your face. If if it's like right there, like that's it. Just kill me now. Like I don't. What, want, what would the name of that phobia be? Uh, phallic phobia or something. Yeah, it, it, it'd probably be something phallic. Yeah, I could call. It. <laughs> uh, what is a fear of dicks? <laughs> a fear of penis. What is that called? I'm looking, I'm looking it up. Hang on. Fear fear of penis. Phallophobia. What is it? Phallophobia. Phallophobia, okay, that makes sense, yeah. So and, fear of, like, phallic things, yeah. 
Okay, so I do have uh, nocturnal phallophobia. And like, in, in the daytime, like, no problem. Like, ooh, get that thing away from me. Like, I'm blocking it like karate chops and shit. <laughs> right. Like, you I'm just a... you, you just don't want them coming up on you when you're sleeping. Yeah, that that's my vulnerable and, time, And man. dropping dong, like, somewhere near your eye to I, your chin area? Just, if it's right, no, if it's right here. The eye is the big thing, too. Yeah, I don't right. like things near my eyes, man. That's why I wear sunglasses a lot. If a dick is like right fucking here, dude, and I wake up and I see it, I'm fucking. That's it. Just, just fucking kill me now. So why do you think that would happen? So uh, Rob post, uh, pasted in here: phallophobia, in its narrower sense, is a fear of the erect penis, and in a broader <laughs> sense, an excessive aversion to masculinity. Um, I just don't. I like mine. I don't like anyone else's. Yeah. That's the best. Well, way I just, to put it. I just don't get why, you, why. You, I just think your phobia is kind of like. It's like weirding you out when it's probably never going to happen. Do when you, you not, get, like you you live in a house with your wife now, where you like lock the door. So like, why are you just gonna wake up with some ding dong hanging in your face? Because what if she's just like, you know what? I know about his dick fear. Um, he's being an asshole lately. He didn't say thank you for dinner last night, huh? I'm gonna open the door and I'm gonna hit up this guy. Hey, um, hey I, I, I think I that, that if pee. your wife does that, I think she's psychotic. Like that's a lot of steps. Maybe, to to maybe. getting to accomplishing something. Look at I'm irrational. Okay, I'm well, irrational. Plus, I'm, wait, also, does size matter in this in this phobia? Oh, dude. Um, for me, I don't know. Like, if, if someone's walking up with a one and a half inch or micro versus someone walking up with a thirteen inch macro, they both gonna do the same thing to you? I feel like I could beat the guy with the 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 thirteen inch fucking mandingo, and here's why: because there's more blood that's going to the dick, right, to support mm -hmm. the dick. But if if it's like right. a little dick, this, there's all this blood and horned up energy in his brain, and he's ready right. to fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. And it's, it's basically true, yeah. a big clit in that if he's got a micro yeah. pain like that. Right, that's true. Yeah, but the 13 inch dog. He has too much. He, like, he has too much blood left in the brain. He can fight you easily. Yeah, it's like a dog's tail, man. It's like you know, it helps with balance. You know, yeah. it helps with <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Is it built for balance or is it built for speed? <laughs> He's built for stability, brother. <laughs> no, I just I have a rational fear of dicks, man. I just don't like them. I think uh, I, I like mine. I just don't. I've never seen okay. another one that I'm just like. That's a nice. That's a nice penis. Yeah. You're that. saying you've never looked at one and said I, I look. I looked. I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. Let's see a little bit more. Let's let's get a helicopter going. No, <laughs> you have so you have so there. You're saying you're a dick only. Fuck no, just mine. Oh, okay. That's what I just asked you. You ever just like fucking helicopter your dick sometimes? Just yes, like, of course, dude. Like, like you know how some people spin like keys on their on their finger and shit. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that with my dick. Like, yeah. spin the keys on your dick. Spin That's the, not no, 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 no. Like you know how you spin. You're gonna break something. I, I maybe I'm. Do, I need to do like dick cables or something. <laughs> cock push-ups. Cock no, cock push-ups will fucking hurt, dude. It's from Tenacious Deep, bro. Come on. Oh, dude, the worst experience that I fucking had was this is years ago, and I hooked up with this girl. And she was just like, like she was riding me. She was just like slamming and slamming and slamming and slamming. And like my dick bent a little bit because she, it came out all the way and went oh, like that. I was like, oh, I went like that. I fucking screamed like I was like, oh no. She was like, what's wrong? I'm just like, mm -mm, just, no, no, no. Give, give me a minute. Mm -mm. I like I like that fake story, Joe. That was good. No, it, that shit did happen, man. Um, that that's another fear that I have is my dick bending. Yeah, getting like broken in half. Yeah, that. Mm. There was that, an episode of New Girl where where Schmidt broke his dick, and he had to wear like a dick diaper for like six months or something. I've never fucking watched that stupid show. 
Shut up. Go watch it. It's funny. <laughs> what are you obsessed with, right. Zoe Deschanel? What the fuck? We ready to move on? No, dude. New Girl is a funny show, dude. No, it's not. All right. We ready to move on? Women are yeah. funny. All right. We're going to tackle the last record that we're looking at today, Dear Agony. Okay. I just dropped the album artwork in the, in the uh, chat. Dear Agony is an 11-track record released in 2009. The cover of the album is an MRI scan of frontman Benjamin Burnley's head. Burnley cited Dear Agony as the first album that he has written sober. Uh, it, is the, it is the last album to feature any other previous members of the band besides uh, Burnley himself. Excuse me, Burnley himself. The album song Lights Out was used to promote the video game Halo Reach. Uh, I Will Not Bow was used in the movie Surrogates. And I have the poster because you guys might not know what it is. It's a Bruce Willis movie. Wow. That's a handsome there man. There we go. That is a handsome man. Um, in 2009, I Will Not Bow was released as a downloadable track for the video games Rock Band and Rock Band 2. Also in 2009, Breaking Benjamin... Re- oh, this is great. You ready for this? In 2009, Breaking Benjamin released an online browser game, which is a parody of Altered Beast, aptly titled Altered Benjamin. The game contains three levels and plays the same as the original, except the player controls vocalist Benjamin Burnley, and the three bosses are each other members of each other member of the band. I tried to find this game to play, and the link wouldn't work. But I found some screenshots. Uh, this is what it looked like. So you guys remember the game Altered Beast, right? The old Sega game. Yeah. Uh, so there's a screenshot, and then here's another one. So, yeah, this has come full circle to where they, they liked video games before. They were then featured in video games for like a decade, and then they had their own video game. So it was awesome. The fucking singer being pitted against his own bandmates is extremely Billy Corgan, and it's based yeah, on the, the it's based on the controversy that happens after this album. Like uh, he like sued his own band members, and like t- so, and then he like put this tweet up celebrating that two of the members were out of the band, and then like two days later, the other person left the band. So he yeah. succeeded in scaring them all away. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, in there, they. The, one of the two sued each other either the three sued him he sued the other three and this court uh was like settled out of the the case was settled out of court i believe and one of the things was that he was able to continue using the name uh benjamin breaking benjamin just like axel rose did with guns and roses back when when he refused to go on the use your illusion tours unless they signed everything over to him that is why chinese democracy was able to come out under the guns and roses name and not like axel rose and friends or whatever it would have been so he has complete creative control over the name and they've put out they've put out two albums since like original albums and there's actually a record that came out in 2020 which is is like 10 songs and it's it's remixes of previous work so that's it that's all i wanted to say singles on this album i will not bow give me a sign and lights out who would like to go first rob fucking album yeah this is my least favorite by them uh, actually, I'll just give my thoughts then. Favorite I, favorite songs on here. This goes with, I mean, I'm not in love with this album in general. These are the ones I think are probably the best. Fade Away, Crawl, Hopeless, Anthem of the Angels, Dear Agony, Into the Nothing, Without You. Um, this album doesn't open as nicely as the previous two. We Are Not Alone has, is their, has their best opener with So Cold. It's a beautiful opening, uh, great song. Phobia has this beautiful intro that leads into The Diary of Jane, which is great. This does not open as nicely as either of those two. Uh, it has softer and more boring songs than on the previous albums, and they actually have not as many catchy hooks. I was surprised that I was holding this guy in such high regard from the first three albums. I was like, this guy has so many hooks, especially on We Are Not Alone. It's like 
this dude is like a hook machine. You don't, you don't even have to be in a band. You could just write music for other people. Like the guy just has infinite ideas on, on singing melodies for choruses. Uh, this one, not so much. Probably my least favorite of all four. Not probably is my least favorite of all four. Um, but it does have this nice ending where the, the last song has this orchestra type, um, like fading out, ending, finishing of the album, which is really nice and, and well done. Uh, it deserves to exist. It's not a bad album by by any means, but like I believe like some uh, critic was like, it's okay. It's the album is it's not like an awful CD, but like if you really love Benj- Breaking Benjamin, you'll like this because it's just more of the same, which it is, but it's more of the same but different. Um, so yeah, I would not go back to listen to this album again, um, but I would go listen to the first two uh, and maybe Phobia. There's things on Phobia I would listen to, but the other two I would actually go back and listen to all the way. Jomo. Would you like to say anything? Or did you already say something? I, I'll just keep it short and sweet, man. This is like the least favorite album that I, that I heard of. And I, this is where that this album, this is why I chose this album, is where I tapered off and I'm just like, hey, I'm not going to not gonna listen to Breaking Benjamin for a while. Kind of like, you know, he cheated on me or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want yeah. to be with him. Um, I think we need mm-hmm. to separate and we need to gather our thoughts about how he plays. Um, I, I just enjoy it. It had some catchy tunes to me, but... Again, it's another Breaking Benjamin record that kind of like went down that slump hill after Phobia, man. It's just not for me, man. Um, I was a little bored with it. I, it, it didn't get me going, you know. I think Mr. Rob Fortune has a lot to say, though. Not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll read uh, some lyrics. I will not bow. I will not break. I will shut the world away. I will not fall. I will not fade. And I will take your breath away. And I'll survive paranoid. I have lost the will to change. I'm not proud, cold-blooded fake. I will shut the world away. So basically, he's like, um, I don't like who I am. I'm not going to change. I'm just going to, like, walk away from all these other things that I don't like either. It's like, (laughs) good for you, man. Cool. The the opposite of an uplifting message. (laughs) It's just like, I don't like it. No one likes it. I don't like any change. Fuck off. Bye. They're from a shitty part of the country too. That's that that place is a shithole, man. Yeah, so that's why he's depressed. We've established. Yeah. He's he's kind of a little fucking crazy, man. That, that, he's got like a lot of mental issues, dude. I, I don't think he's a little crazy. I think he's a lot of crazy. I yeah. think he has a lot of issues he has not gone through and fixed. Yeah. Look at that. All great artists though. Look at fucking Kanye West, dude. That dude's fucking out there. Like that dude is fucked in the head. But he's yeah, a great there. artist, man. He's a great fucking artist. You can't well, deny. Well, to be fair, we haven't heard what he's done in the past ten years. Yeah, College Dropout, which you listened to, which you listened to, was great. We haven't. I mean, unless you guys went through and listened to the whole discography, we haven't heard what he did two years ago. It we, could be trash. You don't. We know. need to do the first four albums, dude. Those were fucking hot fire. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do Kanye. Yeah, I want. Well, yeah, we should. We should do another rap episode at some point, and we'll do uh, Kanye's second, uh, which people, which late, late late registration, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll and we'll take a look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks to it sucks for a band to go out on this note. I would say, um, because the thing of it is, to me, Breaking Benjamin is almost like the little engine that could. It's like they kind of have no business being up there with like some of the bigger bands on earth. Because at some point, this band was huge, and they got there, and they, you know, hard work or whatever, uh, they got there and they did a good job at it. Especially with um, whatever the second album was called, fucking uh, We Are Not yeah. Alone. 
but eventually i don't know it's just like i said the music is like a funnel and eventually it is going to become the boring end that that gets shat out by most bands uh it sucks to go out this way luckily well i mean it's not again it's not even like coming back to like have this redemption as a different band because or as the same band because it's pretty much a different band uh, we've talked about this with billy corgan We've talked about this with uh, Trent Reznor. Uh, just because you write all the music and you tell people to pretty much be robots and play it exactly as you say, um, people playing music in general, just playing it, just strumming a guitar, it's different for every person and how they do it. So um, you know, the fact that he's the only one who's there what are they gonna what are they pretty much becoming like a cover band who's writing new songs they either they mimic what was done before or they just become a whole different band with the same name so i don't know i haven't listened to two albums following this in all honesty i'm never going to um I don't I don't know like when I when I was thinking about this earlier I was like I liked going back to Breaking Benjamin again I never owned one of these albums but I've heard tons of these songs and it was nice to go back and rehear them again and you know there were times where I'm hearing a song and I'm like oh yeah you know I do know the song I remember the chorus melody uh, but I haven't heard about it in forever and I haven't thought about it in forever but I do remember it so it at least stuck with me um as being a song that I do actually remember hearing. Um, but then when I got to Dear Agony, I was like, I've, I've kind of had my fill here. I, I don't really need to go forward anymore. Uh, Phobia, I'm iffy on the middle of Dear Agony doesn't do a whole lot for me. Um, so yeah, it's most of these bands when we listen to them, I'm like, you know, I would go through the whole discography and check out more of the stuff. I've kind of at my limit here. I, I don't need to go. I don't need to see what they've done post rest of the band being gone. Even if Benjamin Burnley, thinks that he is the complete creative force behind everything, which maybe he wrote all this stuff. Uh, everybody who's in a band ever who plays a music, who, who plays an instrument, who is not a robot is contributing something, even if they're playing somebody else's music. So there's different people now. Uh, we've talked, well, we've talked outside of here about ghost and how like there's a whole different band and whether he wants to admit it or not, they contributed something and they're just playing the music that he wrote. So, um, yeah, it was a fun to go back. It was a nice ride. It was nice to get acquainted and, and flesh out everything that Breaking Benjamin has to offer. Uh, but pretty much Dear Agony, personally for me, is the end of the road as far as I'm going with this band. Yeah, man. Jomo? I want to ask you guys a question. If you could fight, if you could fight any musician, who would it be? Um, you, only, you, only, you only get to choose one person. It could be historical. It could be current. It could be alive, dead. doesn't matter. Jesus, you have to pray to Jesus though, and you bring him back to life. Jesus, if you will, who would you fight? I don't know. The thing is hard for me to answer this because I'm not angry about any music right now. Me neither. I will say that my YouTube feed is full of things making fun of Metallica, and like yes. every day I watch something in which uh, Lars Ulrich or James Hetfield is the butt of a joke, and I love yeah. it. I tune in every day. I don't get sick of making fun of them. Yeah. They are fun. Fucking, if I would fight anyone to be Lars Ulrich, I'd fucking. Well, we I, know just, I just I hold him down, and I would just like fucking grind my fist in his face, man, and then just like slowly like put his head underwater and just like, and then it's like bubbles. He's like, and I'm like, good, good. Jomo, you have severe problems. <sighs> All right. Well, it was it was it was great coming back to Breaking Benjamin, man. Um, I did like listening to the first two albums. Uh, uh, you know, f uh, Phobia and Dear Agony were okay to me, um, but but I enjoyed coming back to them, and it, it did bring up some some interesting feelings from when I was in uh, high school, and 
how you know kind of like bipolar angsty like ready to do some cocaine off a stripper's asshole that's how i felt Mm -hmm. man i felt really good yeah no it was nice to go back to it yeah it was nice to listen to something and hear something i haven't i've probably said this in 10 videos i'm gonna say it in 10 more listening go back to stuff i haven't thought about in 10 years 15 years uh and remembering it you know it's like it's like there are cds that you probably really liked in 2005 you haven't thought about you haven't listened to since you listened to it a ton back then you can put it on and remember every single word and every single song and you haven't even thought about it um so it's nice to go back to something and remember it um just to know it exists and go through the rest of the thing that's the rest of the discography well up until a point yeah so other than that man you know great album what are we doing next week you guys ready for what we're doing next week ready oh god we're doing weird Al next week oh fucking jesus christ we're gonna look at four albums we're gonna look at the food album which is a collect it came out in 1993 it's a collection of of his food songs from like the 80s and early 90s we're gonna listen to bad hair day which came out in 1996 straight out of linwood which came out in 2006 and mandatory fun which came out in 2014 which is his last album that he's put out i am very excited i love weird Al. i was listening to the food album like last week i'm not i'm not a fan i've never been a fan ever go fuck yourself well in two weeks we have something you'll like so oh yes daddy all right, and I'll, 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 I'll go fuck yourself. All right, guys. Well, here's what I got to say is um, thank you. Thank you for coming by. If you're listening, um, we do wish you that you have a mediocre life and a great day. Cheers. Take care. That was great. Thank you. All right. You have a great day and a mediocre life. That's a pretty good tagline. Yeah, so like, yeah. yeah. We got to put that on a shirt. That's going to yeah. be our shirt. That's going to be a yeah. shirt? I thought it was going to be... That's just me fighting Lars Ulrich. That's what I want for a shirt. <laughs> yeah, we have more than one shirt. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome tagline, bro. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Jack Falcon, Mr. Rob Motherfucking Fortune. Thank you, and have a good day.